This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. As a guy who has put my hands under another man's posterior. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. By the way, State Fair starts next week already. We're a week and a half away from the State Fair. Really? A week from Thursday? A week from Thursday. You're kidding. And we will be live noon to six every single day at the State Fair. Every single weekday, anyways, at the State Fair. So if you want to come and uh, throw tomatoes at us, please don't. Between Watch four and six, mic. you're welcome to. With the uh, all-new oh. Score North signage. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. What's the thing to eat at the State Fair? Like Everything? No, no, no. Because w- in Wisconsin, it's like the cream puff. That's the thing. Obviously, there are a lot of other things. But it's known for the cream puff. I mean, like, there's I think like it's the actual logo, and there's a cream puff mascot that runs around the state. He doesn't get a question. You'll what get kind it. of question is that? I mean, if you're What's if you're asking like, what are the 14 things, and then what would be ranked number one on that list? It doesn't would, have a mascot. I would say if you're asking for like the the, the Jerry West of the yes. food items. Yes. the logo. Yes, exactly. It's what a bucket. Of, it? It's a bucket of Sweet Martha's cookies oh, overflowing. Goodness, and that's right outside the booth. Yeah, we actually should. A week from th- Thursday, when the state fair starts, we actually should all weigh in, and then when it's done, yes, because I this is this is a show with with pe- people who are how can I put this nicely apt to gain weight quickly. Mm-hmm. Don't know what you're talking I would about. Not, I have a slow metabolism. I would not be surprised. That's not very, to put it. I'm not very active. Yeah, I'm not fat. I just have a slow metabolism. <laughs> sure, you are going to. Like it's incredible. Do they have a uh, one thing I loved you at love the, food at the Wisconsin food? State oh. Fair is the giant smoked turkey leg? Is that a thing at the they have those? Yeah, yeah, okay. Everything on a stick. I took me. one down. I have video evidence of this. I told them I could do it in less than five minutes. They're like, no, you can't. But I did it in less than four minutes. Wow, less than four minutes. The whole turkey leg clean. Is that really something to be proud clean of to the bone. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, I took that whole thing down. He's no just problem. puffing out his chest. Like, yeah. look at we, me. We've got to figure out this. in the next week and a half. We've got Jonathan Harrison's going to be the corn dog connoisseur. Yeah, so we're going to do that. We got to figure out something every day we can do. Well, with for you. me, I would uh, again at the Wisconsin State Fair at my old show. I would get blindfolded every day. And some sort of fried food item on a stick would be placed in my mouth, and I would try and guess what it is. Okay. It's just a statement. I like that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I have a very educated palate. <laughs> is that what they call it? A slow metabolism and an educated palate. <laughs> and new genes. I'm fat and I love food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> what you said. Hey, the scientific <laughs> version of what you said. These new genes are great with the 46-inch waist I had to get. No, I got uh, stretchy denim for the first time. Guys. Oh, dude, see, welcome, what I'm doing? welcome to the club. Denim. See what I'm doing this right here? I know. Yeah. What's, What's going, going on, Jack? This is, this is called happening. punting on life. <laughs> 
I like how they think they're really smart. <laughs> look I at this. Fat, look at these stretchy jeans. It's awesome. It is so awesome. Seriously. Like I, I mean, I'm all in on the stretchy John, jean thing, but Foot it's over my head. Look at this. Look at this. I could do a cycling class in these things right now. Easily. Easily. Yeah. I'm sure the doctor's thrilled. I can't Mommy, I'm glad you to see you got the stretchy jeans. <laughs> I could do yoga in these. Yeah. I can get the next athlete pose. challenge. Are you getting downward dog right you, now? You guys ever seen Bloodsport where Jean Claude Van Damme does the splits across two buildings? That's me in these jeans right now. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Cramp session where Jonathan Harrison asks us three questions and then awards us a point based on who he thinks answered the best or sucked up the He's most. He's asking us about stretchy denim. <laughs> no stretchy, gen- no stretchy denim here. Uh, now that the division lead is gone, I want you to step into Rocco Baldelli's shoes. And give me your pep talk to get this team back to playing the type of baseball that saw them have a double-digit lead at one point this season. Okay, this is very difficult. Because one, I can't even, in my mind, think about what he would say because (laughs) he's just positive about everything. And this is, okay, so here's what I'm going to, before tomorrow night's game, I'm going to get my team fired up. I'm going to get them as one, galvanized as possible. And here's how. I'm going to say, gentlemen, we made a change today has nothing to do with the active roster. You are my 25 guys, and I love you all. But as of tonight, Tommy Watkins is coaching third base because I can no longer trust Tony Diaz to be sending anybody. Tony Diaz yesterday was shown the door. You know why? Because we're all about accountability here at Minnesota Twins LLC, and that's why Tommy Watkins, he ain't going to wave you home against Yasiel. Darn near got C.J. Crone killed and certainly got him embarrassed. That's never going to happen again. That was my, I don't even know, that was my idea. That was what I was, I don't know. Hey, I made pizza rolls, everybody. That's my pep talk. What do you want Actually, me? that's probably closer to being the truth than mine. Pizza All right. I'm I, in. I'm going to simulate what my pep talk would be, and I'm going to need you guys to follow along. Okay. Okay? All right. I'm Rocco Baldelli, and you guys you are. say call and response thing? Yeah, you're okay. the bullpen, okay? All right, cool. All right, everybody. I'm Sam Dyson. Listen up. That was a, that was a, that was a tough <laughs> series. Knuckles the cat. Oh. All right, what? <laughs> that was a tough series against Cleveland, okay? It didn't go as we all hoped or expected, okay? But the good news is things are going to get better, okay? Everyone, repeat after me. Give me a T. 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 Give me an I. 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 Give me a G. G. Give me an E. E. Give me an R. R. Give me an S. S. What does that spell? Tigers. Tigers. What does it spell? Tigers. Tigers. You play the Tigers ten more times. (laughs) (laughs) From now until the end of the year. The Tigers. (laughs) You're going to be fine. I fired a coach. (laughs) So we got fired a coach. We've got spelling as a group. And we got pizza rolls. I made pizza rolls. I'm sorry, Rami wins. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, Thank See you. it was easily the third best answer. Awesome. Mackie got screwed awesome. there. He just embarrassed himself on radio. Mackie's the only one who put in effort there, but he's not going to get the point because he Tony made... Diaz. That was effort. Yeah, was it? Yeah. We're bringing back the pie chart for this second one, boys. Okay. With what we've seen of Alexander Madison so far in training camp in the preseason game, I want your pie chart of workload for the running back depth this season. I can go quick. Um, Delvin Cook, 90%. Madison, 10 Abdullah, after that fumble on Friday night, you ain't getting near a football again yeah, in purple. He dropped the ball. Like, I can't have that. 
That's mine. Okay. That, that's the that's the quickest Judd pie chart of all time. I ordinarily <laughs> split one. it up. Yeah. Uh-uh. Delvin, if, it's you, baby. Here's the problem. If you go 90-10 Delvin, then you're going to be you're going to be getting far less than 90 Delvin at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, it's going to be like 80% Alexander Madison. Yeah. There, so. <laughs> so, I'm going to I'm going to ease in and I'm going to go like 60 to 65% Delvin Cook. I'll just make it an even two-thirds Delvin Cook, one-third Alexander Madison. I don't even need a third of running back. There can be one on the roster, See? but those are the those are the two dudes for me. I would go seventy percent Dalvin Cook, twenty percent Alexander Madison, and then I'm going old school. And the other ten percent, to quote the great Jay Z, I'm about to go ham and hand it off to my fullback. Come on, football! I'm gonna make him you wear like a neck that? roll. You like that? Wow. Yeah. I'm digging this, Rami. Thank you. you. You're you're working on a hat trick right now because you got the second point. Oh man. Oh. Get me the fullback involved whoa, 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 in that whoa. offense. I got a protest here. Okay. okay. You didn't say running game, right, Phil? It says running back. Correct. They're both running backs. Fullbacks are running back. There's a halfback and there's a fullback. Oh, is this like a, like, like a rectangle? A square is a rectangle? The last time or? I looked at my depth chart, it says fullback CJ Ham. That's yeah. not the running That's the running I game. The rules, it also says halfback Dalvin Your Honor, Cook. The there question, is no The question is, no is spot. deceiving. You've, mis- you've misled there's everybody. There's no spot on the roster that's you know that running is? back. That's a balk. You deceived the runner. <laughs> I don't think so. Good question, Jonathan. Thank you, sir. You're a great judge. Fill a chart for us because that's a bunch of BS. <laughs> All right, so in his Sunday press conference, Mike Zimmer was getting called by supposedly Bill Parcells. <laughs> so he says, who's the biggest name you've ghosted because you were too busy with something else. Mike Zimmer didn't take the call, obviously, because he was in the middle of his press conference. The biggest name that we've ghosted. Yeah. Um, I've thought about this since you sent it out. I don't think I've ever, like, I think I'm so overjoyed that, like, so here, like, so I don't have an answer for that. I, I'm, I'm sort of the opposite in that if I even see that I'm followed on Twitter by somebody who's prominent and has a blue check mark, my first thought is, Oh my God! Like, what, what am what am I about to tweet in the next three days that's going to get them to insta unfollow me? I'm like over the top the other way. How do I keep them following me on Twitter? So Kathy Ireland still follows me, brother. Did you uh, sneak into her DMs? No, have not. You up? Hey, it's Rami here. You up? How about this? What if what what would it take for you to just DM Kathy Ireland? Uh huh. Hey, you up? Claw? Question mark. <laughs> or even something more. Uh, mango or berry? <laughs> we should discuss this. There is a number. I'm just saying, there is a number. <laughs> there, is, there is a number. Uh, we should just go through any verified person who's following me, just go down my following list and see what kind of creepy DMs I can send them. <laughs> this, this sounds like a really fun state fair game, actually. Just gets unfollowed by everybody. <laughs> Listen to your input. Has anybody ghosted anyone famous? Has anyone just like flat out ignored anyone famous? I don't think I have. I can't say that I have. I don't. I mean, Judd probably in a grocery store at one point has avoided. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, somebody that he avoiding knows. people and ghosting a phone call are totally different. Have you ever like? W- let me ask you this because what's who's who's like your closest friend or coworker that you've seen in public that you avoided on purpose to avoid a chit chat, small talk conversation? Hmm. Like, have you ever seen? I, 
I mean, have you ever seen like Jonathan or Manny or somebody just like at the grocery store or me? Did I tell you a story? And I can't recall who the person was. I thought I on the old show we talked about this, and I told you a story of somebody from here maybe that I saw, and I like it might have been a salesperson. I definitely ducked around the corner <laughs> and just waited it out till they walked by. I walked, Wait, like, waited it out like a tornado. <laughs> no, I went to the sh- I went to my shelter. Uh, shelter. I went to my shelter. Took shelter in the next aisle over. I thought I told you a story about that, but I can't remember who that was now. I, I walked, guess we failed this. I walked twice. right yeah. past Danny Cunningham a couple of weeks ago because we live in, in uptown, we live yeah. in the same neighborhood. We both live in Uptown, like blocks from each other. And uh, me and my girlfriend, when she was in town, we were walking the dog. Yep. And there's like a walking path about a block from my house, a block from, it's like right in between both of our apartments. And my dog was like getting in some bushes or something. I don't, I don't know what he was doing. So I was like looking down and behind me. And then all of a sudden I heard Danny's very distinct laugh, like a pack of hyenas walking past me. <laughs> like that thing, like the Joker. And he's and, got uh, a distinct laugh. And I, lo- I looked up and I saw Danny for just a second and he was walking with a young lady and I kept on walking. I didn't say anything. And my girlfriend goes, was that Danny? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. She goes, why didn't you say anything? And I was like, it looked like he was on a date and this face oh, was... so he wasn't laughing at you. No, no, no. He was laughing he was in just, general. He was, just la- he was just having a conversation with this young lady and I said, uh, this face wasn't going to help. <laughs> the date looked like it was going good. That's a solid call, And this though. face was not going to help. So I just kept I like on walking. That. That's a good move. I'm a good None dude. of you get the point, obviously. No, so I, I'll take I the point here. One. I'll right, take the point. So Jonathan takes the point. That means Rami wins today <laughs> yep. in cram session. Mackie and Jeff Fully, Rami. It's a fullback. <laughs> and fullback is a running back, Judd. Fullback and pizza rolls. Not on my depth chart. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> the win uh-uh. today. Join Dan Terhar and myself this Wednesday for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and the Colorado Rapids. Pre-game at 6.30 p.m. with kickoff at 7 right here on Score North on AM 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the free ScoreNorth mobile app. Left field, deep, make one back, over his head, up the wall. Tying run scores, here comes the winning run, he is out at the plate. And there are two down with the runner, or the batter, Marwin Gonzalez at second base. All right, so that was the play that we spent most of the first hour talking about. Adrianza gunned out at home plate with the game on the line. Twins lose three of four to the Indians. And now the the first place score North twin show, the title of that show rests essentially on Boston tonight because uh, yeah. the twins don't play. Yep. But Cleveland and Boston do. No and Puig to tonight. The whole title of the show. No Puig. Is his arm tired from gunning everybody out? <laughs> no. Uh, he he uh, dropped the appeal of his suspension that came from his last game with the Reds when he technically was playing for the Reds despite having been traded. Okay. And he will sit out the next uh, three games starting with tonight. I feel like if if we hadn't gone through the Adrianza-Tony Diaz drama and then obviously the subsequent grand slam by Carlos Santana, I think the big story would have been another meh outing by Jose Barrios and velocity down again. Um, had a hard time... Putting guys away again. What do you guys make of not only Jose Brios, his last couple outings where he gave up nine runs a career high, struggled against a good lineup in Cleveland, but just like falls behind early, and it all goes in line with his six career ERA in August. It's it's all the same story for him in his young career so far. I think after watching the last two games in person, and actually to to his credit, he got off to a rough start on Sunday and came back and adjusted things a bit 
And so it was not, it was far from the disaster that the uh, Braves game was for him. But there's no question his arm looks, if not, it's dead. His arm is off. He's off. Like his stuff is, he reared back and I think he threw 95 to strike out Puig at one point, And that was impressive. But besides that, it didn't feel like he had the ability through much of that game to, to lean back and get really good stuff. And he adjusted. And I think he's, he's a smart pitcher, but. Man, it, it, for his array of pitches, if he can't consistently uh, bring heat, it makes a big difference. The numbers Phil talks about are definitely in the back of my mind. When when you point out his ERA in August, etc., definitely in the back of my mind. But, I mean, I would bet that a lot of guys' velocity is probably down this time of year. You've been throwing for four months. You know what I mean? He's He's got 150-some innings on his arm already to this point. His velocity being down doesn't really concern me all that much. And until the result, I know that his first start in August was really, really bad. I'll take what I got from Jose Barrios yesterday. I, I don't understand any concern about Jose Barrios coming out of yesterday's outing. He gave you exactly what you want from a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball in 2019. Six innings, three runs or less. Give me that every time out, and he does pretty much. I said this when he had the nine the nine run start his last time out. The last time he gave up more than three earned runs in a start was mid May. Mid May. Think about that for a second. We're in the middle of August. He went two full months not missing a start and giving up three or less runs in every yeah. start in that stretch. Some of them were five innings or five and two thirds, whatever the case might be. You'd like a little bit more out of him, especially with the bullpen being as beat up and, and overworked as it is. But the consistency of production from Jose Barrios is downright impressive, and he gave you another one yesterday. After a stinker in in his previous start with nine runs, yes, but he gave you another one of those outings yesterday that you can pretty much count on at this point from that guy, at least this season. And I, I it feels like he's just hanging on by a thread. And so there, to me, there's two different things in play here. you got to find a way going into 2020, the the big picture with him, you got to find a way to smooth out this August situation. I mean, he just he clearly fades after the All Star break. That's just a fact, and it's no longer a small sample size or a coincidence or oh, he just happened to play some better teams. He fades after the All Star break. So whatever he's doing, a lot of people say that much like Zach Levine when he was here with with the Minnesota Timberwolves, he's a guy that you have to take the fob away from. You got to take the building key away from because he's just going to work, work, work that maybe Barrios needs to pump the brakes a little on some of the conditioning and things that he does to be a little bit stronger throughout the course of eight months. But I would seriously consider, if you didn't if you didn't just have a complete non-existence of options, I would consider just shutting him down for a couple weeks like they did with Michael Pineda. Say, listen, you're clearly laboring. Your velocity's down. You're into this terrible month of August where you've been horrible for your career. But And let's say he's only performing at like 60% of what he should be. You're in the middle. If you had a 10-game lead right now, you'd shut him down for two or three weeks. You'd say, hey, he's just got a little... You'd make something up. Ah, his hamstring hurts or something. I wouldn't call it a dead arm because I think that would alarm the public. But I think if you had a 10-game lead still, you could pretty easily say, you know what? Why don't you just... Let's chill here for like two or three weeks. Keep your innings down. Get your arm back strong. You've been pitching for a long time here. And then we'll bring you back in September when the pennant race and when when October really starts to come into the forefront but you have to make a decision now do you want do you want to grind it out with like a 60 percent jose barrios 
or do you want to put them on the disabled list, the injured list, and then call upon whoever that might be? That would mean, well, Devin Smeltzer is the sixth guy, but really I think Martin Perez is probably the sixth guy. But either way, like you'd be leaning on someone who and not you don't back feel yet. confident with. Yeah, that's Pineda's if Pineda comes back. back. Yes. Yeah. So you just it's I not like know, man. it's not like you have a great option that you feel no. comfortable with with some puff. I don't games think here. I can do it. Yeah, it's not really an option right now. Yeah, you just got to stay in the rotation. This tight. And the next two, two games, two game series against the uh, Brewers, Martin Perez and Gibby. So, Martin Perez, I'm very curious. I I I believe that if Pineda was back, Perez would be in the bullpen right now. So I'm I'm really interested to see what he can give you. I think tomorrow night. So that's going to be that's going to be one that uh, the Brewers might be hitting the ball a little bit. What do you guys make just to to switch gears here real quick? This report, there's been sort of some back and forth reports this afternoon. Football. But uh, Jane Slater is a reporter for NFL Network, and she said I can confirm reports that quarterback Dak Prescott has, in fact turned down $30 million a year on an offer from the Cowboys and instead is seeking $40 million per year per a source. That would make him by far the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. I think Aaron Rodgers is currently the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Dak Prescott at $40 million. This is where I say, at some point, a team, and the Dallas Cowboys are staring at it right now, a team has to say, you're just not worth that much money relative to the salary. They cap. offered him thirty. Thirty's high for him. Yeah, I agree. Thirty's high for him. I agree. That's exactly right. We're talking. It's and it's like forget about like the actual. To me, it's more. What percentage of your salary cap do you want to tie? Do you want to tie up in like the sixteenth best quarterback in the NFL? Maybe if he has a good year. And the answer is not that. <laughs> I'm not tying. I'd rather go back to the draft drawing board and 40? Than pay 40, 30 or forty million dollars for Dak Prescott. And f- That's ludicrous. And f- at forty. The, the market's going to go absolutely crazy, right? Because if you're a quarterback in this league, I mean, Kirk Cousins got 28, and that's too much to me. So if Dak got 40, if you are Rodgers or somebody like that, you're, you're like, okay, I got to restructure now. I got to redo this thing. It's ridiculous. If I'm the Cowboys, just to speed up this process, because yeah. I want to keep Dak Prescott, but I'm not paying that kind of money. And I don't think anybody else is either. I say, you know what, dude? You think you can get 40? You go ahead and shop yourself to other teams in a trade. If anybody will give you 40, we'll talk trade with that football team. And I guarantee you, they come back to the table with their hat in their hands two days from now going, yeah, nobody wanted to offer us that. Is that 30 million still on the table? Nobody is giving Dak Prescott $40 million. Like I've talked before about Kirk Cousins, for example, getting the money. That he got. He was the highest paid quarterback in football and the first with a fully guaranteed multi-year contract. And it wasn't because Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in football. It's because that's what the market dictated. He was the best quarterback on the market that year. And teams are always looking for quarterbacks. So he got that. This is one instance where the market is not going to to bear out the way that, that the quarterback is looking. But because there's 32 teams in the NFL... There's not one team that's going to give Dak Prescott forty million. I'm with you on forty, but but this is the this is the conundrum that the Dallas Cowboys face. There's 32 teams in the NFL, and there's like 25 of them that feel good about good enough about their current situation, where they've either got a guy that they just drafted, or they've got Aaron Rodgers, or a guy they just paid like a Kirk Cousins. But there's always like five or eight teams in that other group that have nothing that are looking. 
either to draft a star or if you're the like the Vikings just said we don't, we don't got time to draft somebody we'll just pay market value for a league average quarterback and that market value at the time was almost thirty million dollars for Kirk Cousins Dak Prescott because he's one of the twenty best quarterbacks in the world and by the way pretty much every measurement you go by QBR you want to go by traditional passer rating yards per attempt. He's between 15 and 20 in almost all of the relevant rankings. I don't know what PFF has him at, but he's like between 15 and 20 in terms of quarterback rankings. It's good enough to get 30 million in free agency. Because if there's five teams that don't have that, their options are draft or $30 million a year sure. free agent. Sure. So he's going to get 30 from somebody. Well, he will, but I'm, but I'm not going to uh, turn around and say 40. Okay. I'll pay you that. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. Somebody's going to get that, and it sure as heck is not going to be Dak Prescott first. It, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Would you guys tell him go ahead and try and find a trade partner? If you if somebody will give you that money, we will we will talk to that team. Man. I mean, no. you'd obviously rather because he's, he's got a year and a half left. I'm yeah. only doing that because I think it'll speed up the process. I'm basically making I'm it's a poker play. Here's what I yeah. say to him: I say, all right, that's fine. Two options, Dak. One. Here is 30. Take it or two, hit the market, and we are going to slap the franchise tag. And if you don't want to play football, that's up to you. Man. I'll franchise tag you. The, the franchise tag for a quarterback in 2019, $24.9 million. Okay? That's fine. That's, yes. So, that's a discount relative so to let's the say open market. In two years, let's say that's up to 28 or so. Okay? I'm telling them. Dak will offer you more than that right now on a multi year contract. If you don't want that, we're keeping your rights, and you are going. And if you don't want want to play for us, that's fine. But you are not going to play football. Though. There's, there's just like that's what I would tell. There's you. never been it out. a position group in the history of sports that's had more leverage than quarterbacks in football right now. Sure, where you can just be, you can just be kind of a guy, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, and you can get, you can get fifteen million dollars more than the best player at another position. Mm-hmm. Just simply because you're one of the 20 or 22 guys in the world that can at least be out there. Ezekiel Elliott is arguably the best running back on the planet right now. Arguably. I wouldn't say he is, but you can make a case for it. And he has to wait for Dak Prescott to get paid so they can see how much of the pie is left for Dak for for Ezekiel Elliott. And even yeah. then they probably he won't get anywhere close Correct. to what Dak Prescott ends up getting. And paid. if he leaves, guess what? It's too bad. Slightly too bad. If your QB does not play for you, it's a big deal. Yeah. If a running back leaves, okay, that's fine. But guess what? I can replace you. Quarterback, I think I can. I'm not I'm not yeah. positive about that. But again, like because it's a salary cap league, the value of Dak Prescott, like you're fine with Dak Prescott as your quarterback because he was a what, a fourth round, third, fourth round draft pick who was making no money for a while. He was Russell Wilson. Yep. He was Russell Wilson. You're yep. fine with Dak Prescott as your quarterback when you can pay a left tackle a lot more money and keep a right guard that you wouldn't otherwise be able to keep. But when Dak Prescott, the 16th best quarterback in the league, all of a sudden becomes the fourth highest paid guy, that's when I'd have to go back to the draft. I would be, even at 30, forget about 40. 40 is just like, sorry, dude. You're, well, we're, how we're, about 20, we'll let you walk how into about your 28 nap. here? I mean, you're pushing 30 with a quarterback who is an okay player. I'd rather pay Dak Prescott the money that Kirk Cousins is making. I agree with that. He's younger. Yeah, I'd pay him mobile. That. Sure. I, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Not, I don't think there's... A, they're, they're very different. Um, but that's an interesting debate. But that's also... Like, that's the that's the debate that you have to have. Do you want to pay the 16th best quarterback 
the fourth most money, or would you rather just go get a five hundred thousand dollar, a million, two million dollar quarterback, whatever, whatever round you're drafting in? Interesting. By the way. By the way, speaking of super rich NFL players, Antonio Brown just tweeted out after he lost his appeal today for his, uh, his helmet. outdated helmet. He says, uh, while I disagree with the arbitrator's decision, I'm working on getting back to full health and looking forward to rejoining my teammates on the field. I'm excited about this season. Appreciate all the concerns about my feet. Hashtag always a fight. Hashtag represent. Hashtag it's bigger than me. What, what's the fight? Always, the fu- the- always a fight. Just life, I think you're saying. But why is it like you're making fifteen million dollars a year, uh-huh. and and the NFL and the Players Association are trying to give you a better helmet to keep you from getting CTE, and it's a fight. It's bigger than the game. Next Antonio Brown controversy is how soon? Uh, before training camp is over. Two weeks away, I think. Mm, yeah, something like that. Quiet. Two oh, wait, weeks. Was there a hard knocks last night? I thought it would debut on Tuesday nights. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was Sunday nights. I checked the million. I think it's Tuesday HBO nights. HBO on demand today was not. And there. I can't wait. And if it disappoints me, I'm going to be ticked off. Yeah, better deliver. We better get some insight into this whole crazy stuff. Yeah. I want to see that helmet that he painted and oh, tried to run out so, onto the field so with. Badly. I want to see that helmet. Yeah, you can you can so sh- you can shut it. You can shut that whole show down if they don't show the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, like this, for right? sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. We will wrap with Roycey when we come back. Hey, everyone. It's Phil Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you right now. I've been a business owner in my life a couple different times, actually. And so I can relate to what you go through on a daily, on an hourly, on a monthly, annual basis, that roller coaster ride and that never-ending sea of problems over here, but also the exhilaration of those incremental wins over there. You get the whole spectrum when you're a business owner. And so if you're in this group, I recommend getting to know Federated Insurance, which has over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local marketing representative. You won't regret it. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. 542 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. He's seen the lead in the division drop from 11.5 to now, well, zero, unfortunately. But Jake Odorizzi isn't too concerned, saying... City in general, that's kind of in panic mode right now. Everything's going to be fine. And... That's how we take it in here. So I know there's a lot of talk of, oh, you know, the lead is what it is. We lost it. We also started the year off. We were both even with, you know, Cleveland, and we got to a point where we were up. So it's the same as opening day all over again. You know, we got there one time. Might as well continue to do it again. Do you agree with them? No need to worry. Are you concerned? Will everything actually be all right? Let us know over at Score North on Twitter, at North. On Twitter, that's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Patrick Royce, we have another third base coach under fire. <laughs> we'll have to uh, get the. Uh, we will have to hear all about how the results of the fans' uh, participation is on tomorrow's Bombasta Wild Card Show uh, with the uh, with the Wild Card Twins. <laughs> if Cleveland, if Cleveland wins tonight, we got to drop the first place. Yeah, I know. Right? I we got to get rid of that. Yes. Yeah, stop Tony counting the magic bad, number. Yeah, I know. 
Tony had a bad weekend. In fact, I just wrote a blog on it, sort of an honor of uh, uh, the uh, Cubs, uh, famous uh, Waven Wendell Kim, and also the Red Sox. It's funny, I send out uh, a text to a couple of my friends who cover teams uh, saying, okay, who's your third base coach of legends with the Cubs and Red Sox fans? They both answered Wendell Kim. <laughs> he coached both places. So Wave and Wendell was, uh, was famous for getting them thrown out, but that was terrible, uh, this weekend. I mean, neither play was close. That's the problem. If a guy's out by three feet and you got a chance, you know, and they do something great, that's fine. But when you get guys thrown out by 12 feet, uh, in those situations, that's not good. It's a it's a weird job though, isn't it? That Judd and I talked about this on the podcast uh, tonight. About there's nothing like it in sports. There's really nothing where you have one guy who's damn near on the field making a decision in one second that can win or lose the ball game. I mean, you can send in plays in every other sport, but uh, you, there's nobody with the insta- instantaneous. Uh, presence of a third base that there is with a third yeah. base coach in baseball. It's it's incredible. Yeah. So, although Pat, Anywho. Patrick, the uh, the decision to send Crone on Saturday against Puig was an instantaneous disaster from the moment that I I honest oh, yeah. to God I am hard pressed to think of the last thing I saw <laughs> from a coach where you see something that dumb. Yeah, and then after the game, we got we got a huddle. It's like officials huddling after a bad call to say, "Okay, what? How are we going to explain?" This? <laughs> okay, might have been a wet baseball. Yeah, and it might not have been too. So anyway, but hey, uh, if indeed the news on Cruz is uh, is accurate that he's going to be able to play uh, when the his DL time is uh, over, uh, we'll we'll find out if it's true or not. But uh, that's it's pretty amazing. That's what Morneau was saying. That, you know, he ripped his tendon, and it felt better than it had because it. Uh, he he kind of told me he was trying to explain it to me. It get the thing gets all bunched up, and then when it pops, it you know in in some cases it it relieves the pain. Now, Cruz swinging as hard as he does makes me wonder if this is really a valid. Uh, uh, what they're telling us is really valid or not, but we'll find out. Pat, what was the worst decision, sending Adrianza or pinch hitting or pinch running Adrianza instead of Jay Cave? Oh, I, I don't have any trouble with Adrianza because Cave might have ran the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust him not to trip over second base. He's uh, he's not a fundamentally sound player. Adrianza isn't slow. We just you know we. The the cliche is you see a, uh, a reasonably small uh, Hispanic middle infielder and you think he should be a bullet, but in this case that's not that's not the case with uh, him. Remember the Twins? Oh, this is probably before your time, Phil. Maybe even Judd. Remember that Twins middle infielder they had, Alvaro Espinosa? Oh yeah, no, remember that? Remember him? Oh yeah, sure you know, do. Great hands, good thing slowest Hispanic guy in the history of mankind. He was unbelievable. Uh, I mean, for an infielder, he couldn't run a lick. I don't think Adrian's is that back. By the way, Adrian's is a pretty damn good player. You know, mm-hmm. it's for a guy, for a guy they brought in here, and he, he was like a two twenty hitter in San Francisco, and he was up and down and uh, all the time. But he got a little thicker, and uh, he's a pretty good player. He's he, you know he's he's okay. He's not an out when he comes up to the plate. He can. I 
like him as well at shortstop as Polanco, maybe even a little better some, but most of the time. So I don't think Polanco's been playing very good shortstop lately. That's just me. Pat, why is Jose Barrio so bad in August? I didn't think he was bad yesterday. Did you? I thought he pitched pretty good yesterday. That's what I, mean, I said. Got, yeah. Right off the bat. No, his, 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 vol- his velocity is definitely down, and he grinded yeah, out the well, first he, three innings. He threw that cookie to uh, you know Allen right off the bat, thinking he had a you know thinking he had a chump hitter, and uh, the guy hit, hit a rocket. But the shift got him for the the third run. I mean, it's just a nine hopper right to second base, and they got seven guys over on the other side of the infield, and there's nobody there. I I don't know. I I know the shift helps, but. Uh, you got to have somebody near second base. If a guy, if you're going to shift, you can't have the closest guy to second base be 20 feet. And uh, they they have really Cleveland. That's one thing Cleveland did. Uh, Judd and I talked a little about that. They really took advantage of the shifts. They they went the other way and took advantage. They're the first team I've seen really come in and uh, beat the shifts with a bunch of six hoppers with the world base hits. I thought Brios was okay yesterday. I was a little more confident in him than, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it certainly wasn't a dominant performance, not what you'd like to see, but, uh, he, I don't, I don't think he was bad yesterday. Let's face it. I think I'd rather have him running out there for me than, uh, Martin Perez on Tuesday and Gibby on Wednesday against a red-hot Milwaukee team. That makes me a little nervous. I'm concerned about Martin on Tuesday, Pat. I think that might uh, that might finally be the game that officially gets him moved full-time to the bullpen. Well, if it's not, uh, you know, the way the ball flies out of that ballpark yep. oof, and the way that team's sitting right now, he's, uh, what's he giving up, uh, 10 in his last Five starts or something like that, right? Ten yeah. or eleven in his last five starts. It's uh, it's not good, Pat. It's 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 brutal. So and uh, uh, Smeltzer, uh, my my prediction on Smeltzer proved to be correct too. Uh, you know, it's fine when you kind of a sneak a guy out there against Kansas City on a Sunday afternoon. And everything's going good, but all of a sudden you're saying, "Okay, go get him for us, will you? We need this one to stay in first place." Uh, it's a, it's a little uh, the burden's a little greater for a guy throwing 89 miles an hour. So. Hey, Pat. It's, yes, Patrick. On Unchained tonight, but before we get to it, tell Phil Mackey the subject on which you have now come around on when it comes to umpires, because he's going to absolutely love this. Oh, no, you got to listen to it. I don't want to admit it. It (laughs) takes too long to... uh, I I am... uh, I just said I'm not coming around. I'm, I'm... I'm more willing to consider robot as the, the computer. There you go. How about that? There there you go. It's not. It's not because <laughs> of the. It's not because of the accuracy of it. It's because the way hitters now approach the strike zone is such that a ball. You know, I watch baseball for. 55 years, and if a ball was two inches off the plate and they call it a strike, I said, good, get the game moving. But now these guys are so trained to not swing at that pitch, and when they take that, you know, when they call in a strike on them, it it screws up everything. So, I mean, it's the worst thing. Here's, let me say this. I've I've come around on uh, on the computerized strike zone 
only because they started the computerized strike zone. If I had my way, they would have never, never rated these guys by computer, and you'd never see the box. You just, uh, you just, uh, you know, call the game like it was called for a hundred years, and which means if it's the seventh inning and somebody's leading Baltimore twenty-three to two. We got a strike zone the size of me. Come on, let's get it moving here. You know what? I, I would be okay in, in robot umpire land. I would be okay if if it was a ten run game. We're going to widen that thing out two inches on either side. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Have you guys figured it out yet? Uh, you uh, computerized strike zone guys. If it's on the line, is it a strike or a ball? It's a strike. Yeah, it's a strike. Well, well, that's not what was happening in the Atlantic League apparently the ball was you know I, I don't know what how much is it touches the line is it a strike yes yeah just like tennis I don't think so I don't think so I don't think that's the way that, that the thing is uh, I, I don't hear that I, I don't know I supposedly when Frank Viola got thrown out with the computerized strike zone they, it was because there was Four pitches on the line, and none of them were called strikes by the computer. So that's uh, that's something that's going to happen. Do we know they were game. using the uh, the absolute latest in state of the art strike zone technology? Three D, three D strike MLB, zone. MLB is uh, MLB is providing their equipment, so I, I don't know what what they're doing. Rob Manfred's about. trying to sabotage it. If Rob Manfred is in charge, they probably screwed something up. Yeah, he's been a disappointment, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's awful. I think like he came yeah. in and we thought, oh, him and Adam Silver are going to shake right. things up, and then Adam Silver did. Uh-huh. And he and Gary Bettman are basically turning into the same guy. Yeah. Oh, Bettman's a genius. You, you love to badmouth Bettman. Yes, I do. Bettman's got... Batman's got somebody in Seattle to give him $700 million to be in his league, for God's sake. Yeah. He got somebody in Vegas to give him $600 million. He's the first guy to get to Vegas. Meanwhile, the NBA's in Memphis and Utah. And this guy's got Las Vegas and Seattle. They should be having a parade for this guy with the markets he's got. Oh, the owners are. I just hate him. Yeah. Well, the owners love him, okay. but he's got, you know, the Florida Panthers are a mess. The. He's got teams that should be moved, but, but he won't because, to your point, he'd much prefer to go get the big paydays for expansion. You're right. Well, I don't blame him for that. But anyway, I think he's, uh, you know, he's, he's he's not worth all the booze they give him in Canada. I don't think yeah. he's been okay. He's, he, listen, he's trying to sell a sport where uh, it's eighty percent based on luck. It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not an easy sell. You know, you can't see the pocket and then hit somebody in the ass and somebody won a game. That's uh, he's trying to sell that sport. Royce, your definition of hockey, right there. <laughs> yeah, hit someone in the ass and they win a game. Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That is exactly right. All right, Pat. Well, when are we going to get a general manager for this uh, troubled uh, hockey team? What are they waiting? The Carolina guy pulled out of contention today to re-sign there. So who knows? Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Okay. All right. Does it matter? Judd for GM. Judd for GM. Come on, we're going to rip this thing down. I would tell Craig after games, buddy, you're going home. You're getting in your car. You're not even going to come in my office and talk to me. I don't want to hear your fan views. <laughs> All right. All right. See you. Bye. See you. See you. Ricey Unchained is coming His up. His blog is hilarious. Shortly. His blog is great. I love third base coaches. What, Pat's blog? Yeah. StarTribune.com. He, he just posted a, a whole thing on going back to the, going back, of course, in Roycey fashion. It starts in 1974. Yep.
It's just great. Yeah, we've but it's a really good read. Uh, just real quick, I saw the national TV, because so, Major League Baseball and the NBA decided to both release their schedules today for whatever reason. Because Rob Manfred doesn't own a calendar. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Clearly does not. And uh, the Timberwolves, when Jimmy Butler was around, were on national TV on a regular yeah. basis, right? So the Warriors are on national TV 42 times next year. Lakers, 43 wow. times. 42? Yeah. They lost Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Philadelphia, 36 Earlier times. Earlier start times. I'm telling you you guys, West Coast start times, they're going to move them up. Oh, they already did, yeah. The Wolves are on ABC, ESPN, and TNT combined once. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> it really is. Do you, do you want that on the national no. stage more than once? No. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is a national stage guy. Yeah, but. he is. But the rest of that team? Coming up, it's Andrew Wiggins taking really bad shots. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I'm buying stock. I know you are. It's just. That's right. I mean, they do and say you also think low. that Tony Diaz made a great call in sending Adrianza home. That was. That was like As two I said, hours take, ago. The next four, take the next four Do days off. Do you want us to call you Phil Bayless or Skip Mackey? Which one? Skip Mackey's right. fine. It's fine. Yep. All right. See you guys. I sweat a lot.